Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 13. And it says this, Paul is writing to this church and he says, as for us, and he's talking about the apostles, those that have visited this church in Thessalonica, as for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation. That's how early this church was. And you can read through in Acts chapter, I believe it's 17, where Paul goes and he, he finds his way, right, to Thessalonica. And so you can see how this is one of the first places, some of the first believers that we see. And he says this, he says, a salvation, so they received salvation, it was a salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you what? Holy. Oh, say it together. Holy. Holy. Friends, there is a moment in time where we have to grab a hold of the holiness of God. You know, we, we have catchphrases in our society, in our culture. We, Ryan and I learned some new ones uh, uh, Ryan took uh, our youngest and our oldest to a, a Christian rap concert um, this last week, and, and he learned some new lingo and some new phrases that are being used, and, and he asked me what it was, and I was like, oh yeah, I knew that one, you know. And so, um, so we have these catchphrases in our society, and right now the catchphrase is morality, that we need to be moral. Friends, can I tell you, we need to be more than moral. We need to be holy. The Lord says, be, be holy because I am holy. That we need to grab a hold of that when we receive salvation, there is a holiness. Now, there are moments in time in the past where holiness has shifted, right? We, we see this swing of, of this is what holiness looks like. And it became all about the outward appearance, right? But God looks at the heart of people. And so it says here, it says, it's a salvation that came through the spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. That's how salvation comes. Salvation comes through the Spirit of God drawing you to the cross of Christ and your belief that God raised him from the dead. Amen? That's where our salvation comes from. Verse 14 says, He called you to salvation when we told you the good news, and now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul here is encouraging them in their salvation. And this morning, as we conclude this, I want to encourage you in your salvation, that if you were drawn to the cross of Christ, you didn't do it alone, that you were drawn by his Holy Spirit. He looked at you, the Heavenly Father looked at you and said, I want them to come to the cross of Christ. I want them to understand and believe in the Savior that I sent to this world. But it also says that we come to that salvation and that saving knowledge through our belief in who he is. I love that those are the two things. Because just like we heard today, sometimes shame keeps us from going to the Lord. 
It's not about our works and about what you have done and what you haven't done. Salvation is a free gift. It is a gift that God draws you in and all you have to do is believe. Listen, he cleans us up afterwards, right? Like we, we come to Jesus all messed up. And, and even still, I, I, I got saved when I was five. I'm 47. So for 42 years, I've been saved and I'm still messed up, but I'm not as messed up as I was before. Amen. And so you don't have to come to the Lord perfect, but what you do need to do is believe that he loves you, that he sent his son to die on the cross for you and that your life can be different because of him. And then Paul goes on to say, there's a salvation right there for anybody that hasn't accepted the Lord yet. That's what it is. And in verse 15, Paul goes on and he says, with all these things in mind, so now us believers, as we remember with all these things in mind of us coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus, he says, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. In these last days, in this space between, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you, both in person and by letter. These are the two things that Paul begins to end this letter with, is encouraging the believers at this church to stand firm and keep a strong grip. This word, to keep a strong grip, I, I looked it up this week. I was doing a word study on it, and it shows up throughout the New Testament, and it, it shows up in the Gospels when the Roman soldiers went to seize Jesus, to grab a hold of him and take him into prison. That's the same word that Paul uses here. That strong grip is to seize it. And so Paul's telling us, don't just hold on to it, you know, really lightly, but it's that grabbing. Grab a hold of the teachings in these last days. Hold firm to it. Seize hold of it. And then Paul also says here, stand firm. This morning, we're going to talk about standing firm. Standing firm in the midst of persecution, in the midst of your tribulation, in the midst of trials, stand firm. As I did a study on this um, word this week of standing firm, the Greek word is steko, which actually means to persevere. It's, it's an action word. It, you know, you think stand still, it's stand firm. It's, it's an action and it was used in battle. And we see that the Apostle Paul, he loves this word of standing firm. He told churches continuously to stand firm. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13, he said, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Stand firm is a word that we use, this state code, this word we use in the midst of battle, stand firm. So how do we stand firm in these last days? How do we, now that we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we understand and we've heard his word, we've heard the scriptures, how do we stand firm? I love that Paul is telling this to a group of Christians that were the first to believe. 
Because I can tell you this, the longer I go, the more, the more in love I fall with Jesus. But there have been moments and there have been times when it has become a little routine, a little mundane. Here, I wake up on Sunday morning, I go to church. I get up on Monday morning, I do, did I do my Bible reading plan? And now it's all easy because I get to check the mark, you know, in my app. And I, I read my portion that I need to read. I said my prayer and I go about my day. And Paul is telling this church, so maybe you've been a Christian for a long, long time. Paul is telling us, you may have been one of the first to believe in your family, stand firm. You may have been the first to believe in your school, stand firm. Stand firm in the salvation and the understanding of his scriptures because there's a battle coming. There is a battle on the way. And so how do we stand firm in these last days? I'm going to give you three ways. Now there's more than this, but as I was pulling through the scripture, as I was looking at this word through the New Testament, these were, this was something that really kind of stood out to me. And the first one is this, in order for us to stand firm in the midst of the battle, in these last days, we've got to identify who our enemy is. We've got to know who the enemy is. You know, I, I, I love um, to read. I'm, I'm, I'm an avid reader. I'll, I'll go to Books A Million and um, Journey and I like to go and we pull off whatever book is in the clearance section because I'm also really cheap. I buy things on sale. And so, um, so I can find like books for $3.95. But one of my favorite books and series is called The Hunger Games. It's a a uh, young adult um, series back at, um, I, I think I read it when I was here before, so back in like 2010, 2011. Um, I sometimes feel like nowadays that I'm living in the Hunger Games, if any of you have ever read the books or seen the movies. Um, but there's a, there's a portion in the second book, it's called Catching Fire, that they're thrown into this arena, and, and the, what happens is they have to get allies, and then as it goes on, they begin to fight each other. And so there's this moment where at the very end, right, the, the Fennec, and I, so one of, the, one of the guys is coming through the, the woods, and he looks at the heroine, he looks at Katniss, and he says, remember who the enemy is. She was about to let go of her bow right onto him. She was like, you done. Like, and, and he looked at her and said, remember who you're fighting, Friends, remember who the enemy is. We do not battle against flesh and blood. Remember who the enemy is. Ephesians chapter 6 says this, a final word. This is Paul talking. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you will be able to stand firm, same word, against all strategies of the devil. Put on the full armor of God to stand firm against who? The devil. Read on to verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We've got to know that. You are not fighting your family. You are not fighting your children. You are not fighting your spouse. You are not fighting your parents. You are not fighting the person at work that just gives you a hard time every time. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. You know why? Because Jesus died for the flesh and blood. 
Know who your enemy is. We fight against the devil. Now, friends, I am not one that believes that there is a demon behind every bush. I feel like a lot of the times the problems in our life is our own flesh. I feel like sometimes our own decisions put us into the problem that we're in. But I do believe we have an enemy that will tempt us to make those decisions. I do believe we have an enemy that desires to steal, kill, and destroy us. I do believe we have an enemy that's roaming around this earth, that seeing who he can devour. But I know that my God, who walked out of an empty grave, defeated death, hell, the grave, every demonic force. Well, okay then. <laughs> we aren't fighting against flesh and blood. Stop fighting the very ones that God has called you to share the kingdom and the gospel of hope and love. Begin to fight the enemy that's behind them, that is tormenting them. You remember what it was like in your sin? You remember what it was like trying to put your head down at night and you had no rest? We don't battle against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. The first thing we've got to know if we're going to stand firm is we got to know who our enemy is. We have to identify who we are standing firm against. And the second thing that Paul tells us, he says, tells us to get ready. In verse 11, he says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm. Ephesians 6.13 goes on to say, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Same word. Standing firm. At the end, you will persevere. At the end, you will be standing. Verse 14 says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth the body arm, armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery darts of the devil. Put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Put on the full armor of God. Not just one or two, put it all on. You know, I think sometimes we're like, well, Lord, I, 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 will, I will have some faith, but don't tell me to walk in peace. Don't, don't tell me to put on these shoes of peace. Because where we step, maybe we like to stir a little. We like to stir a little of the, the drama. You know, my kids will, will tell you, my girls would come home and they'd be like, do you know what happened? I'm like, mm, do I need to know? Do I need to know? Now, let's just be honest. Sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> but then I got to repent. 
Do we walk in peace? When we walk into our home, does drama and chaos stir? Or does the peace of God walk with us? When we walk into our offices, does the peace of God and the power of God walk with us? So that way when there is turmoil and there is strife, we can, what does the word of God say? Our pe- the peace, we can leave it. We can leave the peace of God in those places. We need to put on the whole armor of God to pick up the sword, which is the truth of the word of God. And then verse 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times. After you've put on this full armor of God, listen, there's an outward armor and there's something that comes out of our mouth. Here's the battle. How do we stand firm? We pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, if you're new here, or maybe you haven't been here a long time, I, I just hate to tell you, you're a part of a spirit-filled church. <laughs> oh, some of you are like, uh-oh. <laughs> now listen, we're not crazy. We're not, we're not crazy. But we're not gonna deny the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what scripture says. We're not gonna acknowledge who God is and deny the power that works within. And there is a portion of our standing firm that we are to begin to pray. Listen, you pray in the spirit with words of understanding and words that we don't understand. And I believe in these last days, God is calling us as people to begin to pray in the spirit, not speak what we want. There are a lot of times I can go to prayer in battle for my children. I can go to prayer in battle for the people that are around me and I begin to speak because I know what's going on. Do you know sometimes the Holy Spirit's like, that's not what you need to pray. You need to pray something else. And sometimes I don't want to pray the something else because I want God to do it the way I want it done. But there's a moment when he's like, he's just got to bypass me and the spirit inside of me takes over because God knows my heart. I want his kingdom to come and his will to be done. That I begin to pray in the spirit, making intercession for those things in my life, those people around me that I desperately desire, a move of God, a passion, a fire that only the Holy Spirit knows what to pray. It is a part of our standing firm in that space between, between now and the time of the Lord Jesus coming again. Pray in the spirit on all occasions for every believer, for every situation, pray. Get ready. Don't just let this world hit you with things that knocks you down. Get ready. Second Thessalonians chapter three, when you read it this week, you're gonna hear about a group of Christians, a group of believers that Paul says are idle. They've become complacent. And he talks against doing life with them. Don't do life with believers that have just become complacent. Find those ones that are on fire. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't go and have fun. 
I don't want to do anything unless it's fun. I will find a way to make it fun. I want to enjoy my life. I'm not promised tomorrow. So today, I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to enjoy the goodness of God. And so what we need to do is we need to make sure that we get ready, that we're ready, that we're on guard, that we're prepared, that we don't become idle or complacent, but we put on the full armor of God, that we hold up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the truth of God's word. And in our mouth comes out intercession led by the Holy Spirit to begin to pray for those around us. The third thing is this, in order for us to stand firm in these last days, in this space between, this time where we are in this present day and those end times, is we can't stand alone. Don't stand alone. Philippians 1.27 says this, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Paul says, then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know you are standing, same word. You are standing firm together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't stand alone. We are not meant to fight this battle alone. The enemy will deceive us and tell us it's easier to be alone because it's messy when people get involved. Yes, it is. But sometimes we think that the other people are the mess and not us. It is messy. When we get involved in life together, family is messy. Relationships are messy. But God says, don't let the mess keep you secluded and keep you alone. This is my church family. Years ago, Ryan and I were called to pastor up north of Seattle. And I love Florida. My Kids were all born in Florida. My husband was born in Florida. I love the state of Florida. I love Tallahassee. I mean, I love this church. And one of the most difficult things for Ryan and I was to leave this house, our friends, our family. Because I don't want to do life by myself. I need especially sisters. I need my sisters in Christ to surround me and walk with me. We can't do this life alone. We can't fight this battle alone. Paul tells us to stand together with one spirit and in one purpose. You know, we just finished our summer groups and we're going to kick off another one in the fall. And listen, it's not just something that we do. It is a moment and a time for you to connect with fellow believers, to strengthen each other and to encourage each other. We have groups that sometimes all they do is, is a bunch of guys go out and play golf. 
It's something fun. It's something enjoy, enjoying. But we want and we pray and we believe that while they're sitting in the golf cart next to each other, that when troubles and difficulties come up, they'll turn to the person that's sitting next to them for that love and encouragement. We have moments in our life where the enemy tries to push us and make us isolated and tell us to be alone. And, and we're not meant to fight this battle alone. Don't stand alone. Don't try to fight it all on your own. Be vulnerable enough. Be honest enough that you can't do it by yourself. That we need each other that we don't have it all together but that we can stand arm in arm we can stand back to back we can stand in the battle I got your back you got mine if you start to fall asleep I'll hit you come on it's time to wake up don't fall asleep on me don't get complacent. Let's go. We got to get ready. We got to stand firm in these last days because we don't know who will come walking by our path that God has called us to be an ambassador, to be a preacher, to be an encouragement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I told you this morning, I had the honor of baptizing my daughter, Jordan. And as my kids were growing up, I, I prayed for them. I still pray for them, but I, I prayed for them every day. I prayed that the favor of God would be on them as they walked out the door into their schools. I prayed that, that they would hear the word of God, that God would protect them but I also prayed something else. I prayed, especially in my girl's life, I, I prayed it in Jeremiah's, but especially in my girl's life, I prayed that God would bring by godly women to speak into their life. You see, I knew that there was gonna come a time in their life where they weren't gonna listen to me anymore. I don't know if you know, there's this thing called teenage years. And, and now I think it's like preteen. It's like moving earlier and earlier to where kids are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. I could have been arrogant in that and be like, yes, I do know what I'm talking about, which sometimes I do tell them, yes, I do know. But what I began to pray is that God would bring other women, not just their mama, but other godly women to speak into their life because I couldn't do it by myself. See, if you wanna fight a battle, lock arms with somebody else. And this is what I told the Lord. I said, Father, if you bring women, young women, godly women by their path, I will speak to the young women you bring by mine. 
because there's some other mother, grandmother, auntie out there that's praying that their little girl that's walking by, there will be a voice of holiness and godliness and purity and honesty and truth and compassion that will pour into their lives. We cannot do this alone. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful that yes, my girl said that, that I was an influence, but did you hear that the leaders of this youth group, the leaders of this house have poured it into her for years? That Miss Donna downstairs and Impact Girls, Missionettes, whatever we used to call it, Miss Donna led both of my girls in the saving, in the, in the word of the Lord and a prayer of salvation. That this church has been a foundation for my family. I didn't do it alone. There are some of you out here that you are a part of this youth group. You are a part of, you started the church. It started in your home. And we didn't do life alone. We stood next to each other in the moments where our children were not living the way they should. In those moments when our marriages weren't making it. In those moments when we were losing our businesses and we were losing our homes. We stood together. Don't stand alone. Friends, know who your enemy is. Know who you're fighting. Get ready. Be dressed for the battle. Don't be complacent. Don't let it just hit you. But put on the full armor of God. And don't fight alone. In these last days, lock arms with another believer. And allow the Lord to use you in these last days. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Paul ends this moment with a blessing. And he says this, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope, may he comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. And that's our prayer over this house today. May the Lord comfort you and may he strengthen you to accomplish the good things he has placed in you to do and to say. Can we pray? Father, we thank you that in the midst of the struggle, you are here. In the midst of the battle, you are here. May we remember that our enemy is already defeated and we just have to stand firm in the salvation of the Lord. May we remember that the armor that we put on in battle is not flesh. It's not our own understanding, but it is heavenly armor. It is godly armor that you have given to us. 
And may we remember, Lord, that we don't stand alone, that there are men and women all over this world, all over this country, all over this state, all over this city, all through this room that are ready to stand with us and believe with us and fight with us until the very end. Father, we thank you for your encouragement today. Now, Lord, if there is any here that is weary in battle, in the name of the Lord, we speak comfort and strength over them that you will begin to give them energy again and passion again. That, Lord, they would not weary in well-doing, but in due season they will reap if they do not faint. And Father, we will give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.